All right, thanks so much, Kevin, and uh, welcome everyone to the Bible Basics webinar. We are very glad that you could join us this evening. My name's Dan, and I'm, like Kevin, a Bible student here in uh, Brantford, Ontario, Canada. I'm Mike. I'm also a very eager Bible student. Uh, for thanks, Mike. Uh, so the three of us meet together at uh, two, one of two Christadelphian churches in Brantford. And one of the unique things about our, our church is that we don't have any pastors or ministers. All of us are students of the Bible. We, we read it every day. We enjoy the study of it. And really what we want to do in this seminar is share with you some of the wonderful lessons that we've gleaned from the Bible. And most of all, in these days, the, the hope that it's given us. I thought I'd just give you a little bit of a background of why we are done. We, we generally hold seminars on a regular basis, uh, but we hold them in our, in our church or in a community center. You may have heard of the Learn to Read the Bible Effectively seminars. And in these seminars, we take six or 10 weeks and we look at Bible background, how to use Bible study tools, how to read the Bible from its context, and uh, we found them very helpful in people who are coming to the Bible, especially early on. We then go on to seminars on the book of Genesis or on the life of Christ and on Bible prophecy. So about three weeks ago, as we were planning for a Bible seminar, the, the crazy events of the world came to Canada, upset our plans, and we realized that we, we couldn't hold these seminars in our, in our church. And about the same time, we were all really introduced to online classes, online seminars, how to use Zoom. And we also realized that people around the world had a lot more time. There's, you know, no sports on TV. There's no hockey practice. There's no lessons to take your kids to. There's not a lot going on in the evenings. And we thought this is a perfect opportunity to take our seminars into your home and to share with you some things from, from the Bible. And of course, there's these genuine fears that are going on in the world. You know, fear for those people that are dying from the coronavirus. And perhaps if it's not a, a fear of that, there's the stress that we're feeling from loss of work, changes in our job, trying to figure out what we're gonna do with our business. And uh, for me anyways, and for Kevin and Mike, throughout all of this, we've, we've talked to each other about the great comfort that God has given us in the Bible. Because in the Bible, there's an outline of the plan that God has for the earth. And it's uh, our expectation more than ever that this plan of God for the earth and for mankind on it is, is soon to be realized. So we thought maybe we could share this hope and confidence that we have with you because our experience has been that the Bible has the answers to all sorts of, of problems. You know, there's a lot of people in the world that are, that are worried. If you watch the news, there's nonstop coverage of this epidemic. In fact, even going outside, and going into a store, the changes remind us of this, this strange world that we live in. Some Christian groups I've heard are saying that this is a warning of the, the end of the world. Others are, are facing this, this stress that's all around us. But like I say, the Bible gives us hope. And I want to share with you one of my most favorite verses from all of the scripture. It's from the Old Testament. And I put it up on the screen here. It's this verse from Numbers chapter 14. And it's, it's quite a picture, isn't it? It says, as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. And of course, it's God who's speaking in this verse. And he makes an oath to, to Moses in this case. He says that no matter what happens in the world, 
my purpose isn't going to be thwarted. You know, God is going to fill the earth with his, his glory. And this was in the context of Israel in the wilderness. You might remember they're 40 years in the wilderness and they rebel against God. They make a golden calf. And even despite the sins of his people and their mistakes, God confirms to Moses and says, I can and I will fill the earth with my glory. And I don't know if you've stopped and thought, well, what exactly does filling the earth with his glory mean? But perhaps stop for a second and think, well, what is the earth full of now? What would we say fills the world and the earth that we live in? So I think right now there's a lot of fear and anxiety. Um, if you asked a few months ago, you'd be talking about the earth being full of, of pollution. That's improved a little bit as, as things have slowed down. You might talk about the character of, of people full of greed and, and self-promotion or even the violence and crime that filled our, our news screens not too long ago. But what God is promising is a world that will be different. And uh, we've been told a few things about that. And I'll just put them up on the screen. We're told that the earth is going to be filled with his righteousness. We're told that it's going to be filled with goodness and truth and peace and life. And there's not going to be room for things like sin or violence or the hatred that we would see at some points. There's not going to be room for destruction as, as men are prone to do with the world and the pollution that we cause. And ultimately, God tells us that the earth is going to be uh, have no room even for death, that there'll be no more death upon the face of the earth. And I think that's just a remarkable promise that is given us in the word of God. Now, one of the things I'd suggest as you read the Bible is that don't base anything that you believe on a single verse. You know, you want to see a theme repeated out time and time again in Scripture. In fact, if you do that, you're going to see different aspects of it. So very interestingly, you find almost the same words that were there given to Moses in Numbers in a book of the Bible called Habakkuk. Now, Habakkuk's a really tiny book. It's hard to find. Uh, we're going to help you with that, too. In, uh, in our sessions, we're going to look at how to find your way around the Bible, how to find these books like Habakkuk that's called a minor prophet. But look at the words there in Habakkuk chapter 2. It's almost the same as in Numbers 14, but do you catch the difference there? Not only is the world going to be full of the glory of God, but everybody's going to know about God. And I don't know about you, but I find it hard to talk to people about God. A lot of my friends don't even believe that God exists. And yet there's going to come a time when the entire earth is full of people that understand the glory of God and have a knowledge of him. And I love the poetic language here in Habakkuk that wasn't there in Numbers, as the waters cover the sea. And that's it's kind of the definition of the sea, isn't it? That the waters cover it. So the earth is going to be completely covered with people who demonstrate God's glory and his knowledge and have a knowledge of it. And if you look at this one in Isaiah, a major prophet, much easier to find, you'll find almost the same phrase again. But highlighted in green is another point. It says, they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. You see that, that knowledge and that glory of God is going to change people's character. It's going to change the way that they live. And I think that's just a wonderful promise that's throughout the scriptures, like a golden thread from one part to the other. I'll share with you another quick verse. 
And uh, this verse is very comforting to me in times like this, because it speaks to the fact that God does not intend to destroy the earth. Look what it says here in Isaiah 45. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it. He created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. It's interesting that phrase there, not in vain. It, it actually means that it's, it's not empty. And it's an echo back to Genesis when God created the world. Remember, it was without form and void. Well, God says, that's not the purpose. I've, I've created the world. It's not going to be empty. It's going to be inhabited. So in Genesis, when he told uh, man and, and woman to fill the earth, that was his purpose. And he wants to fill the earth with, with people that will show forth the character of God. We'll move on. I want to share with you uh, a verse that helps me deal with stress, because like you, I think I feel more stress than I did a few weeks ago, although I can uh, echo these comments of the Apostle Paul. He says, we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. And uh, if I just put that in, in highlighted, you can see in the red, the terms of the things that are facing us. Uh, we're troubled on every side. A lot of people are facing things from every direction, perhaps sickness and loss of jobs. Uh, some are perplexed. That word is, is an interesting word. It means to be at one's wit's end, to be looking like there's no way out. And I think that might be a good uh, word to describe some of our, our doctors who are facing this, trying to figure out how do we deal with this, this virus. Certainly the politicians are perplexed. Um, you know, how do we deal with the, the fiscal responsibilities of, of people and, and the nation? And I can say myself, a little perplexed at figuring out, you know, how's my business going to run when, when things get back to what might be a new normal. But look at his, his, his comments. We're not distressed. We're not in despair. We don't feel forsaken and we're not destroyed. And how was it that the Apostle Paul could say this? And if you go back just two verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, here's the answer of Paul of why he didn't feel worried or stressed out from situations in life. He says, For God hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And that's, that's kind of a nice answer, just that we, we have Christ and we have that, that comfort that comes from having Christ in our lives. But do you notice the echo there? Like, this is what we need to look for when we're reading the Bible. The knowledge of the glory of God. We see that in the face of Christ in his character. And so when we see the earth is going to be filled with that, there's going to come a time when everybody has that confidence because they know about the glory of God as it was revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just find these kind of connections from one part of scripture absolutely fascinating. Well, I'm going to spend just a few minutes. Half of our, our webinars are going to be about prophecy, and the other half are going to be about how to read carefully and effectively when you're doing your Bible study. And I just want to introduce the topic tonight since we, we had a longer introduction today. But again, this is a, a key verse that is, is helpful to me, that God says that he won't do anything except he reveal his secret unto his servants, the prophets. And that's part of what prophecy is about, is God has always chosen to reveal to someone, to his prophets, the things that will happen before they happen. And you can think about how that happened in the past with the prophets. 
they might have received a vision or an angel might have appeared to them. Or you think of Moses himself, where God spoke to him. Uh, it says in, in, the, in the Bible. Well, God doesn't do that for us. He doesn't reveal himself in dreams. What he does is he reveals that to us in his word. So if we carefully read the word of God, we can understand what he has in store. And that can give us great comfort as we proceed in our lives. I want to share with you, though, the fact that to get this understanding, it's going to take a little bit of work. And, and this is the prophet Daniel, perhaps one of the most famous prophets in the Bible and sections of Bible prophecy. It's right up there with Revelation. In fact, if you want to read the book of Revelation, which we'll, we will get to in these seminars, you need to have a strong foundation in the book of Daniel. And so Daniel, who was trying to figure out what God had in store for his people Israel while they were in Babylon, received some visions and he found them difficult. And so he needed help. And God sent an angel to him. And this is what's being described in these verses. It says, he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee and stand upright. So Daniel gets help. And God says, if you understand the prophecy, you can stand upright. You don't have to be worried or concerned. You can be confident in the future. And you skip down to verse 11, it says, he said unto me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. And so God sent help to Daniel so that he wouldn't fear for one reason, because Daniel had set his heart to understand. And again, this is where context comes in uh, very helpful. If you go back to verse 3, of Daniel chapter 10, and you follow the story through, Daniel describes that he had a period of three weeks, 21 days, which he dedicated to trying to understand the will of God and the visions that he'd seen. And you can see the sacrifice that he makes. He doesn't, he doesn't get into pleasant bread or, or meat or wine. He's not indulging in those things. He doesn't concern himself with his appearance, but he spends three weeks searching to find an answer, and then God was able to help him. And if you uh, just look at the last verse there in verse 12, the angel says to him, thy words were heard. In other words, Daniel had dedicated himself to prayer during that time too. So the keys to understanding the Bible and Bible prophecy is to dedicate yourself, to put in some effort, to sacrifice other things in life, and to come to God in prayer. And if we do those things, God is going to help us. He's going to help us understand the things that are coming upon this earth. Now, I want to just finish off this section on, on Bible prophecy by looking at a section from Luke 21. These are the words of Christ after his disciples asked him, what will be the sign of your coming back to the earth, your return to the earth? And I'd love to go through this whole chapter. And in fact, uh, I think we'll do that in one of our future webinars. We'll look at Luke 21. But we've been talking about these verses a lot as a community because we feel that these are the signs that will precede the return of Christ. And, and just listen to these words and think if they apply to today. It says, there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. Now that would take some explanation, but that's talking about in the governments and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity. That's the word we looked at that, you know, Paul was perplexed, but 
but uh, he was or he was under stress, but he wasn't perplexed. He wasn't at his wit's end. Um, but the nations are all the nations. This is one crisis that has hit the entire world at once. The sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. See, that's a, a quick explanation of what the sun, moon, and stars is speaking about in verse 25. The powers of heaven, the authorities. But here's the point, is that when we see these things happen, then they shall see the Son of Man, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when you see these things, or when these things begin to come to pass, then look up. That's exactly what the angel told Daniel, is to lift himself up, and that we need to lift up our heads, because our redemption draweth nigh. So this, this great prophecy in Luke chapter 21 is an indication to us that perhaps our Lord's return is just around the corner. We certainly know it's coming soon, but it's a lot closer than it, than it once was. So I'm gonna just uh, wrap up my session here and turn it over to Mike now, who's gonna take us through some tips on how to read and understand the word of God. Thank you very much, Dan. Uh, on a weekly basis, this will be the second component of our Bible Basic Seminar series, dealing with the aspect of reading tips on understanding God's message. And as we look at the next slide, we can see some of the topic matter that we're going to try to consider in this area. Uh, this week's subject will be why the Bible is a special book. And I think in some ways, Dan has already given us some clues as to what makes it special. It's our ability to foretell or to foresee events. And that's one key aspect of it and how it can be a, of a benefit to us. And as we move through this section of, of the Bible, uh, as we're looking at our Bible, it's a fairly large book. And I think if we have some roadmap as to how do we move through the Old and New Testament, find some of those prophets that Dan made reference to, then you'll feel more comfortable and confident in being able to read the book. It won't seem like such a, an imposing task to find ourselves uh, engaged in a, in, a, in a personal study of this record. And then to look at how to improve your reading comprehension. Um, remember when we were in school, we had reading labs that helped us to, to read critically, to look at context, to look at key pieces of information. We're gonna use those same techniques as they relate to the Bible. And then how to enrich your, your reading with the help of Bible translations. And that was one of the reasons why we did that little poll tonight was to see what type of translations you might be using, realizing that some of them were from uh, printed uh, in several hundred years ago, and others are, are more modern translations that use verbiage or language that we might be a little more comfortable or familiar with. Then we're going to look at using marginal references and then seeing Bible echoes, and Dan took us through one of those Bible echoes that moves through both the Old and the New Testament. And then to look at a helpful tool to help understand the original languages of the Bible, uh, looking into what is the Old Testament which is primarily done in Hebrew and the New Testament, which is done in Greek. We don't need to be uh, scholars, but we can use some simple tools that can help us to enrich our understanding of what we're reading. And then looking at key themes, Dan took us through one key theme this week, uh, but we can look at other key themes through the Bible to see how it has uh, a concise message that carries forward from the Old into the New Testament and shows that there is something unique about the Bible. 
And then looking at ways to help you find answers by networking with other sincere Bible students, whether Kevin or, or Dan or myself, just so that you've got a resource that you can draw upon to come to a fuller understanding of God's word. So if we move to the next slide, as we're looking at about what makes the, the Bible unique, well, the Bible itself, in fact, gives us some very clear statements that help us to understand what is unique about the Bible. And in this passage here in, in 2 Timothy, uh, one of the letters of the Apostle Paul to a young man uh, called Timothy, we've got two translations, which we'll talk about in a moment. But here we can see that Timothy was being encouraged by Paul, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. So from his young boyhood, he was trained up in the Holy Scriptures. And it's helpful to realize that he's not just pointing forward to the Holy Scriptures, the Bible of the Old Testament, but at this time, Timothy would have been a man of some 20 years old, and he would have, in fact, been also making reference to the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, who by this time, whose spoken words were also referred to as scriptures. So he had a, a complete knowledge that would train him up, that he might be wise unto salvation, and that that would require some trust and belief, and that all inspiration is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness. Now that's rather complex language. If we turn to the right-hand column, we can see that all scripture is breathed out by God. So God is very much in control with the message that he's imparting to these individuals, particularly the prophets. He's giving them a message that's coming directly from them. And there's a unique strength and accuracy that comes from that because it's not susceptible or subject to the will of man. And lastly, he says that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works, or as the ESV translates, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So we've got a, a message that gives us the full resources to help prepare ourselves that we might be complete. But that's not the only passage. If we turn to the next slide, we can see that the apostle Peter, who was in fact one of the Lord's disciples, gave this information in an epistle or a letter that he had prepared in which he touches on very similar language to Timothy, but expounds it a bit further. For he says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. We're gonna talk about the theme of prophecy in Dan's section, but there's a confidence that we can have in this message, that it's accurate, that it's truthful, and it's something that we can put our faith in. Whereupon ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. And I think we're thinking things are pretty dark right now, and actually the sun's setting, so it's getting dark even around us until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Well, what does that mean? Well, look over the, the right-hand column, because it says, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. And if we're going to be sincere Bible students, we have to let the Bible speak for itself, and it will. It will give us a, a message and a clear picture as to how do we are to understand Bible principles and Bible truth? What's the last statement there in 2 Peter? For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So not only did God reveal his will to the prophets, as we saw in the book of Amos, 
but he actually gave them a message that was breathed into them that they could record from posterity that would accurately describe the, the plan and purpose of God. And just to reiterate that in the ESV translation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. That's an interesting test. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So God's power is going to give them guidance and direction and help them in their enlightenment, just like we saw with the, the man Daniel. If we move to the next slide. Now, this evening, we've looked at the idea of a purpose. That's God's purpose. Well, what's our purpose? What's your purpose? When we look at reading the Bible, that has to have a certain objective set out in it as far as the importance of this exercise, how much time we might want to devote to it. So we have to define a purpose. What's our purpose going to be? We're going to try to desire to come to know the God of the Bible more fully and let his Bible, his inspired words, speak to us. Well, to help us in our Bible readings, we really need a plan. And on the upper right-hand portion of the slide is one of the plans that Kevin and Dan and I use on a daily basis where we are able to go through the Old Testament once a year completely and the New Testament twice a year uh, to, to come to a full understanding of these Bible principles. And to help you out, we've actually included uh, a copy of that planner on the website that you can download as a resource material. So I'd encourage you to take a look at that. But an, an equally important ingredient to help us enrich our Bible study is that aspect of prayer, which is what that small little graphic in the lower left-hand corner is meant to depict. It is asking for God to give us guidance, just as Kevin did as he opened our time here this evening, and to realize that like Daniel, it's going to, to take God's help to understand these principles. And lastly, if we look to the lower right-hand portion, have patience, the results will show. Think about Daniel, who had patience for three weeks, and he was applying himself in a very studious way to come to a richer understanding of God's Bible truth. And then as we look at the, our final slide for this section this evening, we can certainly take encouragement from the Bible itself. The Bible is describes the thinking and the, the hearts of individuals who were desirous to know the things of God. And we can see in this one particular psalm, Psalm 119, which is in fact the largest psalm, the largest chapter in the whole of the Bible by way of a sheer number of verses. And we can see that five times the psalmist expressed the, the statement, give me understanding in verse 34, in verse 73, in verse 125, and in verse 144. And in verse 169, he prefaced that by saying, let my cry come near before thee. Well, that was really the approach that Daniel took towards approaching his God. And it's something that we can certainly similarly be motivated to do. We desire to get understanding. We're Bible students. We're not Bible experts. It's an ongoing development that's going on with Dan and with Kevin and myself. And it's certainly what we're going to try to do in these seminars is share some of our lessons learned with you to help you get the most out of your experience in reading the Bible in this segment. So if we look at the next slide, 
we can see to whet your appetite what we're going to look at next week. We already gave you a snapshot for my segment, Get to Know Your Bible, about familiarizing yourself with both Testaments. And once again, we're going to make resource material available for posting on the website. And Dan is going to look at characteristics of authentic prophecies. And I think it's important to look at that word authentic because I believe Dan is going to really emphasize that aspect. So in a, in a summary, this is your first introduction to the Bible Basics webinar. And I wanted to give you some important links to help you understand how else you can get additional information or additional contact with the Christadelphians. And we can see that uh, we have different contact techniques, whether it's uh, through, through YouTube videos, through Facebook, uh, through, through the uh, webinar accounts. And uh, like uh, Kevin, I'm a bit old school and I'm not sure what the first one means, but Instagram, there we go. <laughs> Well, really, uh, the, sort of the, the general statement I'd like to leave you with is connect with us. We're here to help. We're here to help ease your stress and your fears, and more importantly, give you a purpose in, in your life and something very positive to look forward to. So what I wanted to do now was, as we started our session, we'll conclude uh, with a short word of prayer, which I will look after. Great Almighty Lord God, we pray to you now, Lord, thankful for the gift of your word, realizing that this is a special book, a book that gives us hope and purpose and great promises that foretell that you have a plan for this earth and for the people that are upon it. Help us to trust in you and may our faith be enriched and may we come to know your ways more fully as we examine and study and meditate on, on your word each day. Bless us, we pray. Keep us in thy care. For we pray for the return of thy son and the setting up of thy kingdom upon this earth. For we offer this prayer in his name, even the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.